Welcome to the series where we explore what must ooze from the box. This is Small Plot Podcast with me, Ellen Reed. In time, I stopped showing my drawing and never again mentioned stars. Instead, I would talk about golf, money, politics, and neckties. And everyone was pleased to have met such a sensible man. So, I lived my life alone, without anyone I could really talk to. Until a short time ago. Paris calling flight FPDXY. Hello friends and welcome to Small Plot Podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Reed, and each week I will traverse the tricky terrain of critical theory and hope to achieve a body without organs. This week is just going to be a short introductory episode talking about who I am, what I do, why Small Plot, and what I hope to achieve with the podcast. So I suppose to start off, um, I'll just talk a bit about myself Um, As I said, my name is Ellen. I'm also a PhD student at the University of Limerick doing a study on bisexualities in Ireland. My research hasn't always been concerned with sexuality. I'm kind of moonlighting as a sociologist, having done two degrees in English literature. Um, But as Jack Halpersam has said, queer projects are generally scavenged. So I combine a lot of critical media studies, literary theory queer theory and I guess critical theory more generally within my current project. I suppose the link between all of my academic work has been kind of issues of identity and interconnecting aspects of identity and kind of figuring out how this is negotiated and how this operates within our contemporary world. And in my academic life as well as my personal life I've often found myself in the past Um, lodging myself within a fixed identity position and placing all of my meaning and self-worth in that identity position. And not that there's really an issue with attaching yourself to a certain identity, but this kind of mass ignorance against the ability to change and the ability to shift yourself and move yourself and constantly be generating and constantly striving towards a better you in not and I I say that not in a toxic positivity way but we don't get to hear about that because we're forced into these fixed identity positions as a means of achieving political agency and any sort of movement away from your fixed identity position kind of makes you inauthentic and makes everything about you you know become untrustworthy because we are still so obsessed with this like positivist concrete knowledge but the reality is simply much messier and much more complex than that but because we feed ourselves this lie that there's only one way to be and as a result only one way to think or act or do or believe we kind of get stuck when everything gets obliterated and I experience this in like a very visceral way that still kind of hurts me but I had a situation or not even a situation and a mass of situations in the last year and a half or so that have completely kind of ruptured my sense of identity and as a result theory has kind of been the lifeline that has pulled me out of the shit. At this juncture I'd just like to mention that critical theory isn't very accessible and when I first started reading um, critical theory, particularly Deleuze, 
I was reminded so much of what Jordi Rosenberg said about reading Judith Butler in Gender Trouble for the first time. And Rosenberg said, within moments of opening the book, they had no idea what Butler was saying. They recall highlighting every sentence in the book, trying to make sense of it, with each sentence making less sense than the last. But there was something within Gender Trouble that Rosenberg could kind of adhere to and kind of found solace in. And in the same way, when I started reading Deleuze, I was very confused. I did not know what rhizomes were, let alone could understand half of the diagrams or the text in Antioedipus or A Thousand Plateaus. But I knew deep down that it was a way for me to move through the discomfort that I was feeling, not just within myself, but also within my community and within the kind of political groups that I align myself with, but that there was hope somewhere if I could figure out and and make this more accessible to myself. Ultimately, exploring Deleuze's thought was a lifeline for me in so many respects. It wasn't just about using Deleuze to understand identity and using his theories to understand kind of struggles between, you know, majority and, and minority populations. It was also a deeply existential exercise where I learned that it is okay to ooze from the box as it were. I remember reading that passage in A Thousand Plateaus that this podcast is named after for the first time and it was very much like Jordi Rosenberg's experience of reading Butler that I mentioned earlier. It was a what the fuck but also okay. It's going to be okay. If I can find out how to achieve a body without organs it's going to be okay. And so much of the arguments against theory is that it is too abstract to have any kind of material, I suppose, outcomes because it is so inaccessible to the people who need it that it just ends up remaining within the confines of the ivory tower of academia. So this is why I wanted to start Small Plot Podcast because I want to make theory more accessible to everyone and I want to explore this with people who are in the academy but who are also outside of the academy and just finding ways to use theory to think otherwise and ultimately achieve this body without organs that Deleuze and Guattari talk about a lot. Also, just a side note, I don't know if it's Guattari or if it's Guattari. Everyone I hear talk about it or talk about him says it differently but I suppose in the grand scheme of things he is Deleuze's Engels and he said some really great stuff but for the purpose of my inability to pronounce his name correctly I will only be referring to Deleuze. Deleuze's conception of a body without organs is kind of to express desires and live freely without any imposition of the constrictive ways of like fixed living that we generally have in society. And obviously there's many ways of doing this and, you know, Deleuze talks extensively about like the way you can use, um, you know, psychedelic drugs or um, indulging in other substances. But what I'm most interested in is this idea of how to become a healthy body without organs. So this is from uh, A Thousand Plateaus and this is what has inspired the podcast for me. 
And I'm just going to read you this passage now and talk a little bit about it and excuse my poet voice in advance. This is how it should be done. Lodge yourself on a stratum. Experiment with the opportunities it offers. Find an advantageous place on it. Find potential movements of deterritorialization, possible lines of flight. Experience them. Produce flow conjunctions here and there. Try out continuums of intensities segment by segment. Have a small plot of new land at all times. So having this small plot of new land at all times is kind of the key anchoring point in what I'm trying to achieve by doing this. I am very concerned with the way things are going politically at the moment, as I'm sure all of us are. But the reality is, is that no one way works and it takes all of us coming together to pull the thing down. But as Mark Fisher has very controversially stated in Exiting the Vampire's Castle, we have developed a moralizing culture that is propagated on guilt and shame and making sure that anyone who steps out of line in any small way is punished. And we end up in this kind of self-cannibalizing process whereby we're not really concerned with the structural inequalities anymore. We're more concerned with, you know, gaining clout for voting Biden and appearing as the most morally good leftist rather than trying to seek affinities with people who think differently from us. And I'm not in any way, you know, trying to propagate some fucked up liberalism where we tolerate fascism and homophobia and transphobia. That's not where I'm coming from at all. We need to think about how we do difference generatively, as Helen Byrne has put it, and, you know, find affinities with one another. And if we can hold together long enough, we can tear the thing down. So rather than having these infights all the time, we need to move beyond that. We need to we need to think about that small plot of new land. We need to, you know, imagine utopia on the horizon at all times, so rather than constantly fixing ourselves in a position where we can't imagine any alternative reality and we're so focused on, you know, reifying subjugate positions rather than trying to figure out ways of getting out of that. Because only having one fixed position and not having any other options beyond that position is incredibly dangerous. It stagnates us because we end up doing the same things over and over again. We rely on the same ideologies, we rely on the same political tactics. We kind of fool ourselves into thinking that if we just like incrementally ebb away at the system, somehow it's going to fall like a game of Jenga. But the reality is, is that it's not going to work that way. And I think the lack of access to critical theory that acknowledges that to the people who need it the most is why people end up thinking that the only way that they can do anything or achieve any political agency is through assimilating and adhering to the way things are. And I want small plot to be a mechanism against this assimilation and respectability politics that we currently employ, that the only way of getting anywhere is by adhering to, you know, fixed um, political ideas, political ideologies and so on. And this isn't just about like the bourgeoisie. 
this is about our own ideologies within the left as well and learning to kind of self-criticize and become reflexive and think in other ways that we may not necessarily be familiar with or accustomed to or even have any interest in pursuing. Each week I will be joined by a guest who has chosen a particular piece of critical theory that is both important to them and that they believe is important for all of us to consider in the current political moment. Some of the upcoming themes deal with cyborg theory, hauntology, issues of depression, and also collage as a queer method. I'm very much open to talking to anyone about anything, so if you want to be a guest or if you have suggestions for guests or topics, you can send me a DM at smallplotpod on Instagram and we can have a chat about ways of discussing what you want to discuss. Next week I will be joined by my colleague Louise Ryan where we will be discussing Donna Haraway's A Cyborg Manifesto. Louise does incredibly important and fascinating research that is concerned with investigating the social and cultural implications of social media technologies. I am so incredibly honoured to have Louise as the first guest on the podcast. She's a phenomenal researcher and an even more incredible friend who is constantly trying to support others and has been so important in terms of my own consciousness raising and my own um, development as a researcher. I've left a link to a PDF of a cyborg manifesto in the bio on Instagram of Small Plot Podcast. So if you do get a chance, do read it. It's a very interesting read. It's very thought provoking. And the whole purpose of this podcast is to, you know, allow audiences to engage with the research. So do send us questions, do send us DMs, even if we don't reach them before we record the podcast we would love to be able to facilitate some conversations around what a cyborg theory can mean for us in this current contemporary moment. I hope that through this podcast we can facilitate some difficult conversations that we've been unwilling to have with those who are closest to us and also the conversations we've been unwilling to have with ourselves. Finally, I'd like to give a huge shout out to my partner Monkey, who very kindly gave me permission to use Talking About Golf as the theme music for this podcast. He's a phenomenal artist and an even more incredible partner. So if anyone who is listening is in a position to support artists at this time, I would invite you to support him. So I'll leave all his details of his Instagram and his band camp in the description of this episode. So that's it from me really this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to this very messy and very short first episode but I hope you get a gist from what I want to get out of this podcast experience. Um, Thank you so much as well to everyone who's expressed interest in being a guest in future episodes. I'm really excited to see where this podcast is going to go and really excited to see some of the conversations that will hopefully be born out of this. So while it's an ambitious project to try and radically change the consciousness of you know the people who follow me on the internet I'm really hoping that this project will actually be a mechanism for having some difficult conversations that are made even more difficult in the current era of social distancing and isolation but also open up kind of hearts and minds to different theoretical perspectives different political perspectives that we may have not been familiar with in the past So on a parting note, I'd just like to leave you with the words of Diane de Prima. I think these words in Revolutionary Letter 51 really encompass what I'm trying to achieve with this podcast. So thank you very much for tuning in and listening again, and see you next week. 
As soon as we submit to a system based on causality, linear time, we submit again to the old values, plunge again into slavery. Be strong. We have the right to make the universe we dream. No need to fear science, groveling apology for things as they are. All power to joy, which will remake the world.